0: My brothers and sisters, the Lord be with you. Amen. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus said to the Pharisees, There was a rich man who dressed in purple garments and fine linen and dined sumptuously each day. And lying at his door was a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores. Who would gladly have eaten his fill, the scraps that fell from the rich man's table. Dogs even used to come and lick his sores. When the poor man died, he was carried away by angels to the bosom of Abraham. The rich man also died and was buried. And from the netherworld, where he was in torment, he raised his eyes and saw Abraham far off and Lazarus at his side. And he cried out, Father Abraham, have pity on me. Send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am suffering torment in these flames. Abraham replied, My child, remember that you received what was good during your lifetime, while Lazarus likewise received what was bad. But now he's comforted here, whereas you are tormented. Moreover, between us and you, a great chasm is established to prevent anyone from crossing who might wish to go from our side to yours or from your side to ours. He said, Then I beg you, Father, send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, so that he may warn them, lest they too come to this place to torment But Abraham replied, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. He said, oh no, Father Abraham, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. Then Abraham said, if they will not listen to Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded if someone should rise from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. what would you do is this documentary hidden camera reality show that airs periodically on abc and it has been since 2008 and the show presents different scenarios and monitors how people react or respond to different issues like an older man needing to fill a prescription at a pharmacy but doesn't have enough money to pay for it some teenagers beating up a homeless person in front of passers-by, a waitress who's sexually harassed by her boss in front of the customers. And the host always asks, what would you do if you were in that scenario as they roll film to show various reactions and responses? Part of the show's popularity is that it highlights this empathy crisis that we hear about that our nation, or maybe better said our entire world, is facing, empathy being the ability to understand what someone else is feeling and to put ourselves in another person's shoes and then to be motivated to do something about it. Well, the program shows a whole wide range of reactions. There is the heartwarming examples of a a stranger running up to go pay for that older person's prescription. There is the sad examples of a homeless person being beaten up and no one doing anything. There are the awkward and uncomfortable reactions people have watching this boss demean, being rude and obnoxious to this waitress. Well, this man, not too long ago, shared some real-life examples without the TV cameras or any careful editing. He just put a heartfelt posting online, and he talked about how he's had this awful run of bad luck with his car. One time, he had a fuse in his car burn out. Another time, he ran out of gas. A third time, a tire blew out on him. And each time, he found himself on the shoulder of his busy highways. And he recounted how all these situations were stressful, and tense and annoying to begin with. But what made them worse was when no one cared or seemed to want to help him. And he describes the experience. He goes, I spent hours on the side of the freeway waiting watching roadside assistant vehicles blow right past me, waiting for AAA to show. The four gas stations I asked for a gas can at told me that they couldn't loan them out for my own safety, but I could buy a really cruddy one with no cap for about $20. Empathy, or more simply, caring about someone else, has always been a choice. And human beings since the Garden of Eden have always been gifted with free will. It's interesting, in all those different scenarios, the question isn't what should you do, which implies that we know deep in our hearts and souls the answer to that question. Rather, the question is what would you do, recognizing that it's a free will choice that we have to make to care or not about someone in need. So often this gospel that we just heard has been used or rather misused as an opportunity to malign wealth, portraying Jesus as a type of precursor to Robin Hood, advocating taking from the rich and giving to the poor with the Christian spin of, if you don't, you're going to hell. And it's troubling to hear that, especially when you hear politicians using Jesus for some class warfare talking point just to advance their own agendas. Because that's not what Jesus is doing at all. We can't lose sight of the fact Jesus has come to save all humanity, the rich, the poor, and every one of us in between. He's not in the business of picking favorites. He desires the salvation of the world. So his warnings about wealth and material riches aren't because they are bad in and of themselves. They go along with everything else he teaches, his warning that anything that distracts us from the love of God being front and center in our lives, anything that undermines our obeying the greatest commandment, to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, and being, and our neighbor as ourselves, all those need to be avoided. Jesus wants all humanity to respond to that command because he loves all humanity including the Pharisees, who were the first group that he's addressing in the story. But we have to back up a little bit. The last few weeks at Sunday Mass, we've been hearing this one long teaching of Jesus being given to a crowd. And in that crowd, he's got his disciples and his followers there, the ones who are already committed to him. He's got those who've heard about him coming around and wanting to see what all the fuss is about. And then he's got the Pharisees, the religious elite of the day, who are beyond critical of Jesus. They've been unmoved by what he shared with them. And just a refresher of what he shared with them the last couple of weeks. First, it was the story of the, the shepherd going after the one lost sheep, leaving the 99 in search of the one. And the woman searching for that lost coin. And then what's been commonly referred to as the prodigal son. Last week, we heard this parable about the steward with dishonest wealth, and that's where we pick up today's Gospel. Right before this passage, though, there was a very small but really important incident that the lectionary kind of skipped over before we got to Jesus telling the story about the dead man named Lazarus. And in that skipped portion, the Gospel says, the Pharisees who loved money heard all this and laughed at Jesus. Imagine that. They laughed at Jesus. They laughed at Jesus re- revealing who God is as a loving, merciful father who never stops thinking about any of his children, any of us, even when we're the most lost and wayward. They laughed at Jesus telling them that the blessings of wealth and health and power, they're not signs, they're not ways of showing how great and wonderful we are in God's eyes. But rather, it's what we do with those things, how we live as God's own children, that will determine that. The Pharisees laughed at these things because they were rich and they were powerful. They knew it all. They got religion. So who is this Jesus telling us who God is? How dare he tell us that we need to take these things that we see as blessings, that tells us that God loves us, and help those who we believe God's cursed? That's why we're rich and they're poor. That was their mindset. So Jesus isn't warning them or us about wealth, but rather warning against that false image of God and his blessings. He's warning against arrogance. He's warning against self-absorption. And he's warning against lack of care for others. And he's pointing that out by illustrating this rich man who died was so attached to his riches. He was so blinded by them. And he embarked on a lifelong, relentless pursuit for them, even at the expense of everyone around him. Lazarus, who was materially poor and suffering, didn't even cross this guy's mind as he passed him day by day on that front stoop. And that's what's so jarring about this parable, that poor man isn't some nameless, anonymous individual. The rich guy, interestingly, who does remain nameless, knows the poor guy's name. Lazarus. And so even after he had ignored him and oppor- ignored all those opportunities to utilize all those gifts of wealth and health and power to help the man at the door, after he had rejected the love of God, which could have radically transformed his and Lazarus' life as well as countless others around them, after all that, he's wondering why there's this abyss, this chasm between him and God. He doesn't even recognize he created the abyss. And even then, he remains self-centered. He finally acknowledges Lazarus by name, but only to ask Lazarus to now alleviate the torment that he's created for himself. And by then, Jesus explains it's too late. God's love and His mercy and the desire for us to be with him for all eternity, that never ends. That's who God is. So this isn't meant to scare people into following him by condemning all wealth and possessions. But the message to the Pharisees is meant to ask us to reflect a bit deeper. With what we have, with the gifts and blessings and talents that we possess, how are we responding to God's love? By noticing, by being attentive, and going out of our way to help others. That guy who had that terrible streak of luck with his car shared an incident that completely changed his perspective after being on the side of the highway three times, being out there with no gas and blowing fuses. Well, when his tire had blown out, he said he's on the road for nearly four hours. He had a spare tire, but no jack. And so he made a sign that said, need a jack and even put an offer for money on it. Another man who was with his family in the van and didn't even speak English stopped and through his daughter working as a translator explained that he had a jack but it was probably too small for his broken down Jeep. But the guy said not to worry and he went to his van, grabbed from his toolbox a a saw and went down and started to saw a, a branch to help brace the jack. The man whose tire was blown was so excited that he started to remove the tire and then breaks the helpful stranger's tire iron. The helpful stranger didn't get angry, didn't get upset, he runs to his van, he says to his wife to go drive to the store and buy a new one, which she does and returns 20 minutes later and they're finally able to get the tire switched. And this guy is just so thankful, he's so relieved that he's insisting on giving them some cash. which. The guy kept refusing over and over and over again. He finally handed it to his wife, who quietly accepted it. And The wife, through the daughter again, asked, did you have any lunch? And when he said he hasn't, he's been sitting by the road for four hours, she reaches into their cooler and gives them some of their lunch, and they all enjoy a quick bite to eat at the side of the road. And as he started to walk back to his car, (laughs) he saw the money that he had insisted to give to the wife there on the front seat. So now he runs back to the van and he's pleading with them to take it. And this selfless stranger smiles and with great concentration spoke the only words he did in this entire exchange in English saying, today you, tomorrow me. And the guy said he was just so blown away by a family who he described as undoubtedly poorer than he was and who had shown such great generosity and compassion. And the experience completely helped wipe away all the negative ones that he had months before. And following that, it kind of changed his whole perspective. He started changing other people's tires. He went and got gas for someone. He even drove someone 50 miles out of his way to an airport, never forgetting what that generous family had done for him, with those words from that stranger ringing in his heart and mind. Today you, tomorrow me. The same should be true for us. Because, like I said, this isn't meant to be a fire and brimstone gospel passage. Jesus has expressed in parables the unequaled, life-giving, amazing love of God for all humanity. And even more, in the gift of himself on the cross, given to us in his body and blood in the Eucharist that we take, and we receive as we come forward for communion. We're meant to rejoice at the great lengths that God has gone to and continues to go for each of us, saying to us over and over, he never stops thinking of us. He never stops desiring us and seeks us. When we think of a lonely neighbor, know of a struggling relative, or encounter a stranger with some need, great or small, that we have been blessed to somehow alleviate, we know the answer to the question of what should you do in response. The question is, what would you do?